Hello and welcome to another podcast by myself, Ross Martin. I'm the host and this is Unfound Help Podcast. Today I'm joined by Ryan. He is in himself what, you know, uh, I would describe, but mainly what he also describes is what um, we would say is a digital geek within the email marketing and marketing realm of business. Um, Ryan, welcome to, to the podcast and how are you today? Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I am. I'm good. I'm coffeeed up like yourself. I've got water. I'm ready. I'm sat at my computer, my ha- one of my happy places. So yeah, I'm ready to hopefully give some really good insights to your audience. Insights to the audience is uh, one of the things we try to focus on. I like to educate them as much as educate myself to educate other people. That's that's what the whole thing is about. Um, and the reason I brought you on today is because I've been dealing a lot with you know business consultants recently, understanding about the ins and outs of um, you know business, how people can start up businesses, work on their businesses. But something uh, I, I dealt with in the beginning of the earlier podcast is about SEO, and I touched up on it myself from what I understand about it and what I work with on some of my clients with it. But you're the person to sort of let's, shall I say, delve into the uh, deeper side and understanding about um, you know digital marketing, SEO, and um, all those sort of you know the uh, what we would say again the the geekier side of uh, marketing um how long have you been in the industry and, and, and how did you start you know into marketing did you did you want to go into marketing did you just fall into marketing yeah i just um i fell into it so probably 12 years ago now uh i fell into it by absolute pure chance i was um i was doing some bits with betfair and um, just sort of trading on their exchanges and tweeting about it and various different bits and bobs engaging in the Betfair forum um, because that was the only place where there were people who were talking about Betfair. And then Betfair asked me if I would if I would teach for them. So would I create some content for them? Because they were really sort of trying to push the exchange and what you could do on the Betfair exchange because it wasn't a traditional bookmaker where Betfair are like taking the lion's share. They were matching people up. It was a really, really smart new system. So mm. that's when I got into it really because I was I was doing some bits and bobs for that. And then I just started getting messages from people, emails and whatnot. And they were just saying, that's all great what you're teaching. Uh, we've currently just sort of lost our connection with Ryan, but that's fine. So you know, Ryan was just saying that he's been going down that there. So, you know, um, yeah, Ryan, we just lost the connection, but I was just talking about what uh, you were sort of talking about. If you want to just lead on from what you were saying, sorry. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've just started teaching for them and then people came to me and said, well, I know I'm not going to do that, Ryan. Um, so can you just send us an email with your research on? So I was like, well, yeah, I can, but you're going to have to pay me for that. You know, I was an entrepreneurial kid. I was selling penny sweets for 2p and all that kind of stuff that we do. You know, I remember once I bought a kid wanted to buy a guitar and he sold all of his PlayStation games. He came into school with a list of them and I just said, I'll buy them all and negotiated a discount and said, I'll bring the money in tomorrow. I didn't have the money. I taught my dad into lending me it. And then I just dripped those games out gradually and made a profit on it. So yeah, I, just basically built the world's worst website and 
I didn't know anything about digital, anything about anything like that. I just knew that I enjoyed it and I wanted to grow what I was doing and I found a real love for it. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And then after a couple of years, I decided that my initial website, Bet Green, I wanted to change. I wanted to make it more community focused. And I also wanted to build some software around that. And I wanted to develop a team and I wanted to actually take this to a proper business, not just me sending out an email every day. Uh, so then I created Betfair Trading Community, um, which was built because the Betfair Forum was a really horrible place to be. So I built Betfair Trading Community with one rule, which we still have to this day. Um, and that's no question is a daft question. So we've sort of really built this amazing community that's got amazing value there. And now it's a software company and it's got bigger and bigger. But I just realized that as building a team and putting me into the, instead of the operations manager and all that kind of stuff, I am not built for that. I am a visionary. I am a marketer. And when we made that change and my team, we put the, we use a, a framework called Traction by Gina Wickman. It's a great book. Such a good book. It changed my life. We doubled our sales within six months following that platform. And the reality of that, the big sort of looking back, the lesson from that is I was not a technical, like integrator systems person. That was not me. I need to be thinking about the business, thinking about growing the business. I need to be playing in my zone of genius, which is marketing. And as soon as we did that, then everything got easier and we started scaling. And I think there's a lesson in there as well. You know, if any of the listeners are sort of trudging along with their business, they're probably doing what I was doing, you know, doing all of the things where as soon as I just focused on what I was really, really, really good at and just let the other stuff sort itself out, the business started to grow. And then that enabled me to actually be able to, to grow the business to where it is today and then have the freedom to be able to teach others to, pe- to do what I've done. Sounds like um, a pretty fun journey from, from such a young age. I, I've spoken to a lot of people um, you know, over the time of these podcasts and everyone has spoken about from when they were such a, a, you know, um, from such a young age when they were a child, they've had this tendency to, <clears throat> you know, whether it's from their from in during school or after school have this you know um entrepreneurial skills to buy things from some other, somebody else or get things cheap and sell it on to other people to make the profit and you know that's that's resonated into your story as well everyone seems to have a very similar story but with a different experience um, and it seems that even though you've gone down the marketing route and some, someone else may have gone down uh, a business consult, you know, consultation route, everyone's stories are very similar in, in certain ways. It's very interesting to hear about. Um, it, in regards to you know, everything you do, and I know you do you know, quite um, – you, sorry, I'll backtrack a little bit. You were talking about um, you know, focusing on something that you're uh, very good at. And you said you're very good at marketing. Um, prior to that, did you, you know, did you try anything else um, from, you know, uh, whether it was um, within your own business, I'm trying to ask, 
you had to do the accounts or you had to do the um you know the mm-hmm. what do you want to say yep the systems the running of the team yeah, yeah. you know all yeah. that did you did you try all that and go yeah it's still not for me i need to pass it on to someone else are you still doing it yourself and predominantly yeah. just focusing on the marketing and the sales you know small yeah, so- business owners do have to do a lot of things themselves so what is it that you went through yeah i mean they do and i totally get that um and i think that that's one of the challenges of being a small business owner i i had to do all of those things you know the accounts and various different bits and bobs and i always saw people who were successful and they would say things like oh you just need to outsource that and I would say, yeah, but how do I outsource that when there isn't the money to outsource that? Mm. And now looking back, I I can I can see what they're saying, but I don't think they explained it very well. You know, they just said, oh, just outsource that. And it's like, how? Like, I can't, I don't have the money. But if you were in my situation, and I can only really talk from that sort of situation of, of my experience and looking back is, I now know that if I had focused on the marketing more focusing on the getting sales more and the process that that I used and that I was good at then that problem would have been irrelevant because I would have had enough cash coming into the business because I was doing what I was good at and it was bringing cash into the business you know I was doing I was doing the accounts I was doing the the technical things but I listened to a podcast that that changed my life a long time ago. And it was called daily weekly monthly. And it said, what I want you to do for three months is write down everything you do daily, everything you do weekly and everything you do monthly and don't lie. And then what you can do, I built a Trello board around this. I just started writing down everything I was doing daily, everything I was doing weekly and everything I was doing monthly. And also then I started to put, I added a bit of my own sort of intuition and own thinking on that as well. Cause as business owners, that's what that's why we do it because we have that intuition. So I was adding the time it took me to do that task. And then I was also asking, writing down the goal of that task and what I was actually like connecting up. And that was life-changing as well, because what I could do then is go, right, well, that's taking me 10 minutes. That's taking me five minutes a day. And I could see where I was spending time doing tasks that could have been automated, didn't really always need to be done every day uh, and also ones that I could get somebody in to do and then I went to the Philippines and had a virtual assistant just take a few of those jobs off my plate and you know just it sounds so crazy but even just saving 10 15 20 minutes a day can make a huge difference because I don't think that some of those tasks that you're doing that even are five 10 minute tasks I don't think they're just five, 10 minutes because it's the procrastination leading up to that task. I was chatting to my hairdresser about this. He, he cut my hair last week and he was saying, oh, I'm stressed, Ryan. And he always talks to me about business. I'm stressed, Ryan. I'm really stressed. It's tax season and I'm really stressed. He said, I'm not doing this again. He says, I'm going to take Thursday off, the last Thursday or the first Thursday of every month off and I'm going to do my own accounts. And I said to him, what you hate doing them you've just told me how you don't know how zero works you have no idea what you're doing you just have a bag full of receipts and you hate it 
why are you going to take Thursdays off? You're going to lose revenue for your business to do a task that you don't know how to do and you're not very good at. So it will take you ages to do that on that Thursday. You'll procrastinate. You'll probably go out, get coffee, maybe make a few phone calls. You'll just put off doing that job when the cost it would actually cost him, because he's quite an expensive hairdresser, he would probably be able to pay a bookkeeper for two, three haircuts because it's not a massive job that he, mm. he needs. So for me, it's just about, it's a few things really. It's about following that process and going, where can I actually save myself some time and find out what I actually like doing? I mean, you can color code that, that on Trello as well, if you wanted to, or you could do it on a spreadsheet and make it red and pretty green and pretty or whatever you want it to do. And also just, just to focus on that closing of the gap, and what I mean by that is we go into business because we want certain things. You know, we, maybe it's freedom. Freedom is the thing that a lot of people go into wanting their own business for. So if you get real on where you're at now and where you want to get to, the only thing that matters is that you close that gap. So there'll be a lot of things that you're probably doing that don't need to be done. So by following that process and being really, really clear on closing that gap, whatever that might be, that might be that you want a business that enables you to take your kids to school and pick them up. That's success for you. That's amazing. So it's just about building a system that you can repeat and that allows you to focus on what you're good at and also look at what actually needs to get done so you can move that needle forward. Yeah, I, I agree on, lot, uh, on a lot of what you've just said. Um, time management is one of the biggest things. A lot of people don't realize that time management uh, can help you in many ways. Like you were saying, you know, you want to automate a lot of the processes. Now, something as simple as putting a lot of things into your diary um, to know when meetings are coming up, maybe to know when an appointment is coming up just to know when something is happening. You're automating the process of not having to um, look up what you're doing all the time. Oh, did I miss this? Or am I doing that? Those, those are minutes being lost. If you manage your time properly, uh, you can save those you know, um, minutes or even hours, what, you know, as you were talking about. You, you're saying you know, something particularly about closing the gap, um, and you mentioned it quite a bit. Uh, you were talking about from where you are now to where you want to be, uh, would you recommend to people to start looking into, um, you know, maybe setting themselves some goals? Because we're still in January. It's, it's early within the year. Setting themselves some goals to try and, um, you know, help themselves uh, for the year to come of where they can try and, uh, you know, better their processes within their own company, whether in their company or within their own small business, whatever they are. Well, my advice to, to people thinking about that is buy the book Traction by Gino Wickman uh, and just read it. You could get through it really, really quickly and it will help you build a system for, for your business. So it's not a, well, they do do yearly goals, but they do a 10-year target, a five-year target and a one-year target. And then you break that down basically into 90-day rocks, they call them. And mm. then you focus on those rocks. So one of the things that was happening in, in Betfair training community was we would have very sporadic meetings with the team. And that was my fault. I was in charge and I wasn't organizing the meetings and there was no follow-up procedure. I wasn't experienced in this, 
I read traction, we implemented traction. Now we have a weekly meeting and the weekly meeting goes scorecard. That's the first thing we go through. And the scorecard is just very, very simple. Five to seven things that if you were laying on a beach, you would need to know whether your business was growing or not. So we have a very, very simple scorecard. It's like how many, how many leads did we get? How many YouTube videos did we put out this week? How many podcasts? How many emails did we send? How many new members did we get? How many members did cancel? That's it. And then from there, we have the rocks, which are rocks that we're working on. And they're broken down into rocks for me in my department and other people in other departments rocks. And we just go through them. Where are you at with that? How are you getting on? Okay, cool. And then we have the to-dos. And then we go through the to-do list, which is just things that we, we need to get done. Where are you at with that? Is that done? If not, why? Okay, you're behind on that. Why? Do you need additional help? Do you need some software? What, what do you need? And then the last part of the, the meeting, we go through what's called the issues list. Now, the issues list for me as a visionary is life-changing because that's things that they're not critical. They're not majorly important. You know, I don't need, the business isn't burning down. I don't need to just jump on the phone and go, oh my God, we're doing this. But many, many people will have ideas through the week or things that they think are issues that actually aren't. And this process, you put them on the issues list and then you talk through them as a team. And then you decide whether they go down to a future and then you have a list of future things or they go up to a to-do and then who's responsible for that and what it's going to get done. Mm. Now, even if you're a one-man band listening to this, if you're a consultant or you're a sole trader, whatever, I still think this process has so much merit because it holds you accountable because a lot of the, the traction stuff is like revenue goals and different bits and bobs. So I would add on to that what you want to build the business that you really, really want. You know, do you want freedom? Do you want to only work 20 hours a week? Because then that goes into your scorecard. So you're using a revenue goal, which will allow you to get that freedom, pay the bills and buy the car, whatever you want. But then you're using your scorecard to know whether you're on track or not, because it's like a cyclist. A cyclist knows to get to the top of that hill in the time allowed, they need to be cycling at 12 miles an hour. So anything less than that, they're failing. They just know they need to hold 12 miles an hour for 40 minutes. I'll get to the top of that hill. It's the exact same in your business. You just need to do that. But then having that weekly meeting with yourself holds you accountable. You know, I don't care if you do it in your, your bedroom, you do it on the toilet, you go to your favorite coffee shop and grab a coffee. Just, just do it. Just go through that scorecard and be honest with yourself. Where are you now? What's going right? What's going wrong? And then work through those rocks, which it's been set up in a particular way because 90 days is scientifically proven that you can hold your, your focus. Um, and then after 90 days, you do, a review of the rock, seeing where you're at, what went right, what didn't go well. And then you also go back over your, your they call it a VTO, which is a vision traction organizer or something. It might be value traction organizer. I mean, I don't even organize the meetings or the processes anymore. They all get done for me, but that's like going through your values. What are your values as a business? What is the core belief? What is the aims? What, how's the marketing plan? And then it just sort of reinvigorates you to go and smash your business. So, yeah, that's um, sort of a long-winded way of answering your question. Mm. Yeah, but it's, it's good to hear, <clears throat> pardon me, it's good to hear from, you know, people who, who lives and works in the industry on a daily basis. Um, you know, sometimes you just hear from people and, and they like to talk about it, but they don't necessarily have the, the 
deep experience into the marketing uh, you know industry and they they can talk about it but they can't really talk about it if you if you get what i mean uh, you're talking about accountability and consistency uh, you know uh, accountability but then i would always say is consistency is something you have to stick on to consistency if you don't consistently uh, look for the next goal or consistently look for uh, something you want to do and then you can't hold, hold yourself accountable for that you're not going to con- uh, you know continue on your path of, of growth essentially I'll go back to something you're talking about which was membership um, memberships are something that you do focus on because you know one of your websites is uh, the membershipmastery.com you predominantly focus on helping people with memberships uh, on how to master that and how to help their businesses with memberships. Um, can you can you touch up on a bit about that? Because I know you have a, a you know a bit of a three step process on on how people can start it. So you know mm-hmm. let's let's stop at, start with step one, which is a pick a battle tested funnel. Um, what's that about? Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was all sort of built around the fact that a lot of membership site owners aren't marketers, so they just have a passion for their for their skill. Um, might be whatever it might be, Iron Man or selling products online or whatever it may be. So my my three step process involves you picking a battle tested funnel, which is one that I have used. So very similar to what you were just saying, actually, a lot of people can talk a good game, but what I've done is I've gone back through everything I've done for Betfair Trading Community, everything that worked and everything that didn't work. And I've got rid of what didn't work and assessed why it didn't and looked at what did work. And then I've got funnels that, that work. So I teach my members on five funnels that I've used to grow Betfair Trading Community. So we use YouTube, moving that towards a membership because everything I want to do marketing wise has to have an aim. It has to drive towards the greater goal, which is to get more members. So one of the things we use at Betfair Training Community is YouTube. So we research the keywords, we then put videos out and we send people from that video to the website or to an opt-in. So that's one of the funnels. And then we have an email marketing campaign that warms them up, that talks to them, that, that engages with them. Um, and my email marketing is probably a bit different to to what a lot of other people are aiming to do with it. They always want this holy grail of the golden goose that just is automated, just keeps laying eggs, just keeps getting sales. For me, it's all about engaging with the prospect and engaging with them as a human, finding out what they're struggling with. So I actually do the unscalable with my emails. It's one of the things that I actually really, really enjoy. Um, so I still get emails and I reply to those emails. Um, so that's just one of the funnels. Um, there's four more in there about using Facebook ads um, and also using a podcast to grow your membership. And it just sort of give you everything that you need to do that. Like the templates that I've used, I even give you the email sequences to use. I tell you everything that you need, um, even give you templates for sales pages. And um, so, yeah, that's step one. Using templates, is this something within your your mastery that you provide people <clears throat> or do you show people the process of creating templates uh, to, again, to automate their processes? So there's certain things that have to go in a certain 
in a certain way that I found work the most successfully. So a sales page, for example. So I give you a template of a sales page to follow, and then I'll share lots of examples with you of why it worked, why it didn't work, so that not everybody's is going to look the same. And then you can use your own personality, your own spin to build that out that will work to get you sales for your membership. Yeah, you have to put your own sort of spin on it, own touch on it. That's that's how you build up your own sort of brand identity and and <clears throat> business brand around it. If you don't have your own uh, touch on it, then it's just going to look generic like everyone else, and you'll just get people going. Thank you very much. I don't want to see you anymore. Delete, <laughs> unsubscribe from from the emails, and and you won't get that uh, what we call uh, retention anymore. You're not going to continuously have people coming back. Um, and we'll lead on to the next step, which is getting more members. How how do you how do you continuously get more members and and pick up that pace? Well, once you've gone gone through and picked a funnel that that works for you and your business and you're happy to use, then it's just about scaling that. Then it's just a data exercise. It's about sort of finding what's working and what's not working and doing more of that. So then I work with my members to do exactly that. We lean into what's working um, and look at what's not working and find out why. We just assess it and then we tweak certain things. So we might change subject lines on emails to add an extra 5% to the open rate. We might change the headline on the sales page. We might come up with a better offer for your membership. So we might really, really tweak that offer and make it even better than it was um, and get data from your members. Why did they join? What do they like? What don't they like? All of that information. Um, and then show you how to gather testimonials and then how to write better emails and all of that kind of stuff. So that's when it's, it's, we, you really lean on my marketing experience. The experience builds up over time and that's where you start building. You know, I use experience as, as quite, um, uh, quite a well-rounded word, which, which for me, experience comes off much um, better than uh, a degree, really. And the reason I say that is because you need experience in life to provide knowledge to other people. Without experience, you can't you can't do your job. Essentially, you can't better yourself um, going down in business or with a career or or anything of such. Maybe you disagree. I don't know, but that's my personal opinion. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I dropped out of a business degree, at the University of Lincoln, at eighteen because I was just like, this is just boring, and it's I don't think it's very theory based, and we were doing things that. I didn't feel were right with the times. Mm. And I actually, I do, I do guest lecture at the university. They bring me in every year to talk to the students, to talk about my experience. Mm. And the, the lecturer that brings me in, she always says, Oh, I'd love you to do, I'd love you to do a semester. But I, and I would more than happily do that. But I said, the way I'd like to do it would actually be that we build a business for these kids so mm. we just we just do it as an experience. You know, I will coach you through how I would go about building a digital business. That's what they're all into. That's the world that they're going into. I would show you how to do a build a digital business. And we would build one over the course of the semester. And whether that works or fails, it doesn't matter because they'd actually get experience instead of theory. But they won't let me do that because they want me to teach from a suggested a text. Yeah, which is 
crazy really because you're bringing me in for experience to talk about the students and knowing full well that they're going to get really excited by it and then ask me to not share my skill it's just crazy yeah it's very difficult for for someone to uh to go from a normal day of teaching from experience to then go oh by the way you have to read this and teach this yeah it's not the way of what they're actually asking you the it's not really you giving your experience the only way you can provide that is going oh by the way i'm teaching you this so from what i have experienced it's not really they're going to be more interested in what you've done rather than what's actually happening um it's the reason why i don't look i'm not telling people to drop out (laughs) don't listen to what i say because i finished college but it's not necessarily that i want to do it because i i believe more in experienced life rather than a career path of you know going to university and stuff but that's i believe that to be for people who uh you know want to be engineers doctors people who have to go down that path because you know it's the way it needs to be you can't just walk into hospital and go oh by the way i'm a doctor and you never actually you know so it's different for everybody i want to touch up on something which i've seen a lot more nowadays than than ever before and it's um linktree uh companies are using it a bit more now the reason i ask that is if if people who are listening don't know what linktree is it's it's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e so what it allows you to do is you click on the link which is a customized link and then a company or a or an individual then can share multiple links of whether it's their social medias, websites, or or anything of such. Now, I see that you use it, and I see on your link that you have then, you know, you share um, multiple links on there from your website to Twitter to your podcast. Is there a particular reason that you as a marketer is using it? Yeah, that's a good question. So for me, you never know when a prospect comes to you or a person comes to you and you don't know where they're at. You don't know whether they're like, oh my God, I want to solve this problem now, which very rarely happens, to be honest. That's a small percentage. So they would go straight to my sales page and then they would click the sales page and they'd sign up. But some other people come to me and go, I don't know what, I think I have a problem or I'm just sort of thinking that I might want to solve this problem. I'm just dipping my toe in the water. Great. Then go and connect with me on the media that works best for you, whether that's a podcast, whether that's my Twitter um, or it's my email, like just go and um, go and connect with me. So the reason that I use it is for that, it, because it gives people the choice. I'm not just going, go and sign up for my thing or don't ever speak to me. I'm going, look, this is how you can best engage with me. I know I can help you. So you choose the method that's right for you at the time for you and it's really it's a it's a great system and you can also see on the back end of linktree you can actually go in and see what clicks you're getting where they're coming from and all that kind of stuff so you can then actually go oh okay well i'm getting and this is real case i'm getting traffic from twitter so mm. if i'm getting traffic from twitter that's you know, clicking on my my social media and then they're following me and they're engaging with me, that tells me something. That tells me that I should probably put a bit more time into Twitter, um, which I am and I love Twitter. I think it's the best mm. social media out there. Um, so yeah, that's Linktree is really, really powerful for that. 
the other thing I want to touch up on, and and it's now it's why I'm going to ask you about, you know, SEO and and um, websites because it's a particular reason I do it. I I really like to help small business owners. It's one thing I just enjoy doing a lot, and. I do SEO myself, maybe not on, on a much of a, a scale as you do, but I do understand it quite a bit. Now, on your link tree, you have, um, like I mentioned, you have your Twitter, but then you also have your Get the 100 Members Framework and you have the Membership Mastery. Now, they are two different websites. Obviously, you could have put them into one website, but you've they are completely two different layouts. Uh, one website, which is the membershipmastery.com, uh, you know, it's a very simple layout, which people can sign up on there and get free offer uh, training. Uh, you can sign up to see what's happening. You've got your podcast listed on there. Uh, people can see it. And it's a very, you know, very easy, basic layout. Now, if you go to your other one, your other website, which is the free membership mastery.thrivecart.com. Uh, it's a completely different setup. Have you done that particularly for SEO purposes or, or why have you done it like that? Yes. So the membershipmastery.com is built on a very, very, very quick WordPress theme. So a lot of the stuff that you don't need is stripped out. So it's very, very quick. And that is the content site. That is the website. So that is where you can go to find out about the podcast. I'm going to come up in search results because that that is the stage that people are first at when they're looking for you. They Google, they Google their problem. They go to Google, I have a problem. They put it in, whatever the problem is, then you can come up. Or they're, in my case, they're searching for people who they like or they follow you know they might search caleb o'dowd podcast for example and then my podcast with caleb o'dowd would come up they can then listen to it then they get to know me whereas the thrive cart page is a sales page so we i have an seo that i send people there directly from linktree if they're ready there's also a link on the website and i also that's the link i use when i email out about a sales campaign I don't necessarily need that to be SEO optimized because I send people direct to that. Mm. Whereas the membership mastery is more of a lure. That's like my bait is on the end of the hook and I'm slowly reeling people in. Then they give me their email address. If they engage with my content and they like me, then that my emails, that's what warms them up. And then I do send them back to the website to listen to the podcast, new episodes, etc because sending people to the website, I increase that time on page, especially I've embedded podcasts on that page. I write slightly longer um, articles as well on there on the podcast. So I make sure that they're SEO friendly and readable. And then I optimize those words that ranks better in Google, which gives me more authority. And then I send them directly to the sales page via my link tree or via an email. So you're creating multiple funnel sites, essentially to funnel people in to make a sale or to help them here. But either way, they're all interconnected to come back to you in any form. Yeah, Thrivecart is just a, a payment provider. Like It takes payment from people. So you need that as part of your website. But what I've done and I've tested over the years is instead of building the sales page on your website, so I could build it on the Membership Mastery and then send them 
from the membership mastery to the five cart checkout, mm. but there's a drop off in conversions there because okay. every click that you make somebody do, you reduce the chance of them actually taking action. You re- you increase for a distraction to happen, for something to happen for them to drop off. So I build my sales pages on five cart because it's got an embedded checkout on it. So I can take payment there and then. Okay. That's, that's quite interesting for, uh, you know, someone to hear and, and also for the audience to hear because it's one of the main reasons that as a e-commerce owner or you know as a small business owner if you're coming into the e-commerce world you want to understand why is a person not buying from your website why do you see so many people on your website so many clicks and um, why is no one buying and it's like Ryan was just saying it's very simple you want to make the website as easily uh, you know navigating as possible as soon as someone comes on your website you want people to start clicking straight away you don't want them to have to navigate around find what they're searching for they have to come on click and leave if you start making people to search for what they want because they've already searched you on google they've already found you they've now come onto your website and now you're doing them uh, you're making them search even more they're just going to click off and find the next person. So uh, people's, ex- um, you know, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, you know, people don't concentrate as much as they used to. They just want things to be done really quickly nowadays. So, um, yeah, try, try and think of that. So the way Ryan has just explained it, that create a very simple page to funnel people into that and then create another page um to to con- just do the sales if that's how your business works whether it's consultancy or whether it's um uh, what ryan does with um you know digital marketing it's something to look into which uh, both of his websites will be linked in the show notes for you to have a look at how ryan has set it up which is um a very you know great way of doing it so uh, in that in that you know ending way i'd like to say ryan thank you very much for your time today it's been a pleasure speaking to you Thank you very much for having me. And if anyone does get stuck or they want to reach out, they can just find me on Twitter. It's at Ryan Carruthers. Uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll definitely link in your your Linktree as uh, everyone. I would, you know, I don't know, Ryan. Would you recommend Linktree as well for for people to start using? Is is that would you say the best thing to do for uh, a small business owner as well? Yeah, I think it's really really straightforward to use but it does depend on on what what you want what you put out there if you're mm. a small business owner do you want more people on your email list do you want more people to follow you do you want more people to to reach out and book a call if that's the case then go very simple just put like a book a call with me link on your social media mm. instead of the link tree but if you have various different opt opt-ins or different ways of connecting with you then do that Um, But one of the things I would definitely say, and I get this with people coming into the membership is they'll, they'll say, Oh, okay. But then I'll do a link tree. I'll put my Instagram, my Twitter, my Reddit, everything on there. And it's like, no, just focus on one that gives you the biggest traction, like write them all down on a list where you think your target market hang out, then write down the ease of implementation on that platform. And then also the potential result that you can get from that platform and then find one that's highly scored on both. So your 
market is there and you can hang out on it. You know how to use it and you can get the result from it. If that score is high, then focus on that one. And then you can start to look to build the, the link tree things in later. That's a, a great way of looking at it. So um, yeah, thank, thanks for your time and thanks for providing people some insights into digital marketing. Um, it's you know an industry I would like to start bringing uh, more people you know information on. So at any other point in time, if you've ever, ever like to sort of join in on another episode, that'll be uh, great and we can touch up on some more information because I'm sure you have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so everyone, I'd like to say thank you very much for, for listening to another Unfound Help podcast. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Uh, thanks, everyone. And have a good day. Have a good week and uh, have a good weekend coming. Take care and goodbye.